the second time I moved to Vancouver, my friend Matt agreed to come out with me for the first like three months. So I got there a few days before him and I stayed with my friend Leo. Me and Leo worked at this coffee shop together. He's from China and he's one of the nicest, best guys I ever met. And he moved on to a computer job because the guy was really smart. The only reason he was working at a coffee shop was because he had just moved to Canada and his English was the best I'd heard of any English second language person, but you know, still it wasn't his first language. So he worked at this coffee shop. He told me later that his most enduring memory of working with me was we got stuck working New Year's Eve together. And I just rebelled. I was like, are you kidding? I gotta fucking work New Year's? Fuck this whole place. So I showed up in a bad religion hoodie. I didn't wear my stupid fucking barista uniform. I don't even remember doing this because I was also drunk one of the few times I got drunk at work. But apparently there was a huge line and everyone was drunk. You know, it was New Year's and I guess I just, I hit my fucking limit and I just yelled like, fuck this place. See, Leo said his memory was that I was yelling, puck you. Because he doesn't really know the swear word. He thought it started with P. But for whatever reason, this fucking ignorant North American who doesn't give a shit about his job... Apparently that's what impressed Leo. Yeah. So when I moved back to Vancouver, for the first few days, Leo let me stay at his place, even though he was going through a separation from his wife and they were sleeping in separate rooms. And while I was there, they had to sleep together again so I could have the spare room. I mean, that must have been awkward for him. I really appreciate that he did that. And a lot of times I feel like, I don't know, I just have a hard time expressing to people that I appreciate what they've done for me or like they don't believe it or I don't know. Maybe I just stopped telling people because it seemed like they didn't buy it. I don't know. But Leo let me stay with him while I got an apartment. Because I had to get an apartment, like, super fast. I had to get it before Matt showed up four days later. Just should have given myself a lot more time. That was a lot more stress than I expected. But I got it. I got this apartment that was a little too expensive, but it was awesome. It was on Commercial Drive, down at the end by Hastings, near the Value Village, for anyone who knows Vancouver. And that apartment was so cool, too. It was like three floors up, we had our own balcony. And the first night that I got to move into that place, it was already late enough at night when I got the key that all of my stuff was at Leo's house and I didn't wanna call him, wake him up, you know? So I had nothing, I had the clothes on my back, the heat hadn't been hooked up yet. Or maybe it was communal heat for the building and it just hadn't been turned on yet. But that first night was pretty cold and I didn't have anything. There was nothing in the room, no furnishings at all. I ended up reading this free newspaper that I'd picked up. So what I did is just opened up the stove and turned it on and sat in front of the open stove reading that paper to heat up. But eventually I was just too tired. I just couldn't stay awake anymore and I couldn't fall asleep in front of an open stove, you know? Because that's when the next day in the paper, entire building burns down, 30 people dead. Stupid shit fucking fell asleep with his oven open and turned on like it would be insane. So, so I closed that up and I tried to just sleep on the floor, but it was cold. So I ended up curling up in this, in the closet, 
It wasn't big enough for me to lay out, but if I curled up in there and closed the door, my body heat did make a noticeable difference. It was warmer in there than it was out in the apartment. So I fell asleep, just wearing whatever clothes I had curled up in the closet. And for some reason, that's a good memory. So let's set the scene. How many people we got in this bar? Three. <laughs> we can literally us. count them. Right, one, two, that's us. Three. Four. Four. And that guy's a roadie and merch guy. Right. A four. Uh, so we're here to see the Brains, Montreal's own. When we saw them in Vancouver, how many people do you think there's probably at that show? At least 50. Back in my hometown, Fredericton, New Brunswick, and uh, we're all like, hey, cool, the Brains, we saw those guys in Vancouver, we should go see them. How I weird. was legit pumped. Like, I was getting fired up. Oh, let's see, they just dimmed the lights. We were here even before then. Shit. <laughs> yeah, so basically the weirdness is... Uh, the opening band didn't even show. <laughs> Did they just not at all? I guess. <laughs> it looks like the brains or something. I'm finding fucking... <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, so the way it works is the shows around here start at 11 o'clock on Tuesday night, even though everyone's got to go to work. So I was saying how... Uh, wasn't that way in New York. The place I usually went in New York is called uh, the Bowery. It was really cool. Saw a lot of bands there. And uh, yeah, they had it down to a fucking science. The show would start at like 8 o'clock or a little before then. You're out of there by like 10, 10.30. Go home, go to sleep, go to your fucking job. That's reasonable. Besides the fact that this town sucks. That's got to be part of the problem. It's just like people well, yeah, gotta like, work. I, you know, I want to see this whole set. I have to work at 6.30 in the morning. This show's not starting till fucking, you know, 11. The brains won't get on till 11.30. Well, maybe not because the fucking opening <laughs> show. And then I gotta get up at 6.30. Like, that takes a lot of commitment. It literally feels, like, literally, I am filled with shame right now. Just like, fuck, I hate this town. Even this, I mean, I'm kind of glad because it lets us record, but how weird is this that we're in like, it's like church-like solemnity before a oh, show. Yeah. Like there's, there's no sound, there's no people. Oh, there's like fucking, what's that, four? Yeah, we're still at four. I'm gonna, in, we're gonna have to start a pit and I'm seriously gonna have to kick the shit out of you. That's the only way, like you will have to die. Well, see, that, my what I was thinking is like, oh, there we go, some music, is, um, like where we're sitting right now, I would have a, it's gonna take 
Like, I'm gonna need a reason to not just keep sitting here. <laughs> like, <laughs> the reason I'm gonna have is I'm gonna feel so bad because you run across so many shitty bands. And I mean, it's not like the brains are the be all end all, but they're good and they're fun. And they're trying and they're out there putting in the effort and fucking, they deserve some recognition. And this city has enough population that we could have more than fucking four people here. <laughs> Fuck! Check. Check one. Test! So Testing! Like, I'll do it, I'll do it! One, two... This whole... This whole evening is just like... All like all that's running through my head is... Man, fuck you, <laughs> You had a chance to be cool. And you fucked it up. So the opening band was nice enough to show up. I don't know, the crowd leveled out at about 13 people or something. I guess better than before. It's weird, this band, they're like a ska band, kinda. And me and Matt were joking earlier before we came down here, how awesome it would be to try to make an emo ska band, like how impossible it would be. That you just, you can't do that. You can't have sad songs in ska. We were joking how it'd be like, today is not my best day ever, but it's still pretty good. Ba -ba 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 -ba. But I think these guys got it, man. Kind of an emo ska band. The main guy is, sings like, kind of like Creed, Creed style. And they throw in some trumpet. It's fucking weird. So it turns out this opening band is from Prince Edward Island. They had to drive like two and a half hours to get here. Makes me feel a little bad. <laughs> Surely they could have found somebody local to do this shit instead. But this is a really small little railroad bar. Like it's thin and long, so that helps because the 20 people or whatever that are here, it, it looks half full, you know? Could look a lot worse. But one little thing I noticed that's nice is uh, I'm wearing a hoodie and a leather jacket that I got from my friend Spooky, and uh, you'd think that you'd have to take this shit off when you're in a bar, like it's gonna be hot, you know, and then you gotta hang your shit up on the wall, and I don't really want to do that, because I got this recorder that was like, you know, I didn't pay for it, but it's like 300 bucks. But they thought of that in Canada. The heat's not up that high, because they know everybody had to wear coats to get here. So fuck it, man. Just leave them on. All right. You guys want to do one more step forward? That'd be nice. Just one more step, yeah. You guys want to hear Johnny Montreal slap that bass? The song's called Blackjack Death Bass, and you can sing along if you want to.
Last time I came into the bathroom, someone managed to break the bolt. I mean, the lengthwise long part of the bolt on the bathroom stall door is still there. But the little peg that you would hold on to to slide it back and forth is gone. This is pretty fucking cool. The trick is to think of this like it's your birthday. Pretend it's your birthday and the brains are playing in your fucking living room. Man, you know what's one thing I was thinking? We'll see when I sober up, but since Ray's a tattoo artist and he's always like, if you want a tattoo, man, I'll give you one. I'm like, I don't want a fucking tattoo. But the the bass guy, he had like a spider web with a Canadian maple leaf in the middle. I was like, I don't need the spider web, but I don't know, man. I hated New York so much, I could go for a maple leaf. <laughs> like, that's the thing is, it's not even for a love it's of Canada. It's not a vibe of Canada, it's just, it's so much better than what else that's is the out thing. there. It's like, it's not really a legit love of Canada, but I could, I don't think I'd regret that one. Like, that's the tattoo one. Tattoo for spite. <laughs> yeah. That's the one tattoo, like, ten years from now, at least there'd be a story behind it that made sense. Like, I moved to New York and it was fucking horseshit. I don't know. Like, Canada was boring, but, God, it was better than the options. Oh, all right, I gotta go home and go to sleep. Cool. Good night. Man, seeing that band brought back some memories of when I saw them two years ago in Vancouver. 
Oh, that's the thing, the psychobilly, see? So it's got that rockabilly vibe of, of just upbeat and fun, you know? It's just upbeat, fucking fast music, just fun to dance to, just fucking cool shit. Like, you just could not do a downbeat psychobilly song, rockabilly song. You can try, it's not gonna work. Kinda like ska, kinda like punk, it's all of the same vein. friend Matt was saying when he drinks he thinks that he's a better person he's nicer he's more accepting I'm not like that I'm much more of an asshole when I drink but I do think alcohol as truth serum is not a flawed theory I think that is true I feel like I contain a lot of stuff in me a lot of frustration that I just want to get out there You know the last show I did? XO number five, Dirt, all about Alice in Chains, unexpectedly turned into a kinda confessional, a talking about all these problems I had in school, all these tough times in my life that I never expected to talk about and that I never really talked to anyone about at any kind of length. I got a comment about that show, like, man, that show was real windy. I couldn't even listen to it. Too windy. And my initial response was like, fuck, I knew it. I mean, that bugged me when I was editing it. It was like, fuck, I knew that was too windy. I gotta try harder next time. I gotta be more careful. But I didn't want to re-record that segment because it would be disingenuous, you know? Like that was, that was the, the true shit. That was the hardcore, that, that was the thoughts that just came right off the top of my head. That was the valuable stuff. I had to use that take. I had no choice. Like that was the legitimate, those were my thoughts. And now with a little bit of truth serum in my system, a little bit of inhibition taken away, it's like, oh, I'm so fucking sorry. Excuse me, my fucking... Me bearing my soul to the fucking world was a little too windy for your precious ears. That's like how, for that year or so, year and four months that I lived in New York, the reason I moved there is I knew these two people, Keith and Hemda, they do a podcast called Keith and the Girl. I was a big fan of, I did some video editing for them. I won a contest where I got to open Keith's stand-up competition. And I moved to New York because I knew them and I knew their circle of friends enough. You know, I'd met them a couple of times. I had a contact, I had somebody there who could help me settle into that city. And I ended up being on their show like 30 times, and the difference between me and most of their guests is a lot of their guests, especially lately, are famous for something else, you know? They're stand-up comedians, they're musicians, something. 
I'm only known for being on their show. And just, I mean, I've been gone for months. Months I've been gone. But there's this thread on their forums about who is your favorite and least favorite guest. And more often than not, if I showed up at all, I did show up on people's favorite guests. Because, I mean, I fucking try, you know? I try to just be honest at least, to just be myself, to just at least not give people bullshit. Whether they like me or not, at least I'm being fucking honest. But it's never the, you know, the positives don't stick in your head. I mean, that's, that's a cliche, but it's true. You always remember the negative comment more than the positive. And there were a few of these, man, shittiest guests, or one of the shittiest guests, Keith McNally. One fucking douchebag even mentioned the girl I was dating at the time. Was only on the show like two times out of over a thousand episodes. Singled her out as the worst guest ever. Well, fuck you! Fuck you! What the fuck is the matter with you? You realize, like, ah, see, it's, the thing is, I mean, I do like being known. The only reason anyone's listening to this right now, the only reason anyone pays attention to what I do is because I had this showcase. I was on this other, more successful show. And I appreciate the fuck out of that, and I'm really glad that they had me on. And that's, that's what you get. That's... If you want the attention, you gotta take the negative attention too. Not everyone's gonna like what you do, but fuck the fuck out of you, you fucking dickheads. Fuck you. I'm not trying to be famous. I'm not some fucking performer. I'm just a fucking person and you fucking assholes. And here's where the truth serum thing comes in, you know? I know I got a lot of anger issues. I know I've got a lot of frustrations that I haven't figured out yet and I haven't worked through. And this is a perfect example. And it's so fucking lame. I mean, this is in every, every fucking walk of internet life. Everyone who's at all known on the internet, they all go through this same shit. It's all the same. Uh, people on forums, people on message boards and they're fucking ignorant bullshit. Just gotta let it go. Well, maybe I don't know how to do that, but at least I'm admitting that I don't, you know? At least I'm admitting that it bothers me. And then there's the, the counter argument is, well, why'd you do it? You know, why did you put yourself in this spotlight? But I wanted the notoriety, you know? I liked it when they'd have a big event based around their podcast and people that showed up knew who I was. They were glad to meet me, you know, happy to shake my hand. Hey, can I get a picture? Shit is pretty fucking hard to resist. And I just know if you met these people in real life, man, buy them a drink, talk for a few minutes, your buddies. It's not a problem. It's just the stupid fucking internet. Just need to let it go. I guess I just want the people that are like me to be able to relate. And you know, maybe that loses the other people. 
Maybe I'm never gonna have a huge listenership. Even if you do have a huge listenership, Keith from Keith and the Girl, he mentions it all the time. He's an incredibly successful podcast. People have tattooed, and I'm talking like dozens of people. Like he's up to 40 some tattoos of his logo. Gets hate mail all the time about people that don't like what he did and don't like what he said. Maybe these fucking people need to realize that this fucking movement of individuality and everyone having their individual worth and we're all worth something as a person. Well, you still gotta fucking earn it. You can't just fucking have an opinion that matters. You can't just, just cause you think what you're fucking spouting out of your stupid fucking mouth is important does not make it important. Do something fucking worthwhile. Do something that has some kind of merit. Do something that has some lasting value. Then give me your fucking opinion. See, I love it here. I love... I love being on this earth. I love being alive for all of the things that I reject and all of the things that annoy me and all of the things I complain about. Ah, I just, I love it here in this visceral way that I just feel like people don't. That's who I just can't fucking abide. I don't care what you think. If you have never really understood how amazing this is, how amazing your life is, how amazing it is to be a human being, how fucking temporary, how fleeting it is, you would just shut your fucking faces! You would shut the fuck up! You would not waste your fucking time with this petty fucking shit! Open your fucking eyes! You're dead! You're dead! You're dead! You're fucking dead! You're so lucky you're even fucking here! You're so fucking lucky! You don't even fucking think about this shit. You just fucking bicker about stupid fucking shit all the fucking time. I'm gonna go on the internet and I'm gonna say some dumb shit that fucking hurts someone and makes them feel like shit because my stupid fucking life is just going nowhere and is totally aimless and I have no fucking clue who I am or what I want to accomplish. You can think this is the saddest thing in the world. You can think this is the most cliched bullshit because everyone's heard it a million times. Everyone knows how fucking ridiculous it is to give a shit about dumb comments people make in an anonymous forum. But I don't care. I don't care how cliched it is. I don't care how pointless it is. I don't fucking care. Here's the report. I don't like it. Makes me feel bad.
maybe this seems incongruous, maybe this doesn't fucking mix together, but... Man, we're all in this together, you know? We're all in this life together, we're all in this world together. hundred years from now, we're all gonna be dead. Perhaps my tone and my words don't seem particularly benevolent. But deep down, that's what I think, and I just don't understand why there's all of this bullshit. All of this conflict, all this hate toward everyone for no fucking reason. I wish I could get out of it, and I wish I could not be this way at all. I wish I could just be cool. But that's all I'm trying to do, is give a mirror to the people who are like me, the people who don't have an easy time with this. The people who aren't who they want to be yet, the people who wish they were further along than they were, the people that wish they could let go of their anger, and the people that wish they could be less frustrated, have not get so easily upset and not have such short tempers. You know, for anyone who feels that, who feels... I always liked the description of molecules that when they come near each other, vibrate with the same frequency, you know? When you run into somebody, you hear somebody who you identify with. And you just suddenly you don't feel alone anymore. You don't feel like you're by yourself. And I guess that's what it comes down to in the end is I would rather continue to alienate the people that are not on my wavelength in order to continue to feed the people who are. The people who do get something out of what I do, the people who do enjoy hearing my perspective on things. I'll pick you guys over them anytime. Because that's really what it comes down to when you feel like somebody sold out or you feel like something has lost you, some work of art is no longer speaking to you and it just goes from being exciting to just flat it becomes disingenuous whatever the spark was whatever the connection was whatever it was that excited your brain gets eroded down and gets spread around so that it can appeal to more people it can have a wider audience and that wider audience is always more bland less interesting, less idiosyncratic, less individual. And even if it means that I'm just gonna get drunk and fucking argue and complain and yell at no one, I wonder sometimes, like, if I could go back to myself when I was 15 years old and show him what I've accomplished in life, I just can't decide if he'd be impressed or not. On the one hand, I moved to Vancouver all by myself, and I moved to New York, and I was on this show, and I edited all this stuff, and I got semi-internet famous.
Would he be impressed or would he listen back to this stuff and be like, why the fuck is this dude still so fucking mad about everything? Why isn't he just more happy? Why is he yelling, <laughs> you know? How come I'm not past this? Why didn't he go to school? Why doesn't he have a real job? Why doesn't he have savings? Why doesn't he have a house or a family? How did that all go wrong? Anyway, maybe this is why I don't drink more. It seems great at first, you know, at first I get this burst of, of passionate just enjoyment, you know, I really do just, just unlocks that snarl. It's like, that's what my smiles end up being, they just end up being a bearing of the teeth. This just fucking violent love for being alive, and then it turns bad every time. Not even bad, but it just turns mad. It turns angry, angry drunk. want people to feel something. Just want these shows to mean something, you know? Even if it is uncomfortable. That last one about school, god damn it, man. That fucking just gave me this bad feeling in my stomach for like days. Just to bring that shit up again is awful. But it made me feel better overall. Not so much about high school, but the junior high stuff, the kid who bullied me, all that. I just really feel like that really helped kind of put things in a... Put them in their compartment and close the drawer and not have to think about it. That's what I gotta do. I just gotta think about this as being for me. And then it doesn't matter what the fuck happens. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter if it's popular. It's... It's therapy. really proud of these things after I put them together and I almost feel like adding the music like this it's like a cheap shot it's it's like just having a rocket-powered glove on your hand and just just punch someone right in the gut and they just feel what you're feeling because this music unlocks that I mean I've really worked hard to try to be genuine In some ways that's all I ever really worked toward got writing from forever, man. Just trying to get to the bottom of things, trying to get to the center. And when people don't 
and don't give a shit or don't like it or they're annoyed by it. Why? Jesus, that's not a good feeling. so hard to find people, works of art, stories about life, things that you can relate to that are really meaningful. I think that's why historically so many people have believed in God, because they don't want to feel alone. They want to feel like they're connected to something, but that doesn't work anymore. You have to be so fucking ignorant to fall for that shit anymore. Hundreds of years ago, sure, but not anymore. It's just, it's ludicrous. You gotta find another way, and you gotta find another... something else to connect to. XO Episode 6. What are we gonna call this one? Alcohol rant. show. Just gotta say, how this whole last hour since I got home, it's like four in the morning. I've been in the best fucking mood. Been dancing around to fucking... <laughs> ah, fuck. Just having a good ass four in the morning. I was thinking, man, Oh, this dude did. He left one little comment. And I fucking lost my shit. Just yelling at no one in the park. I was like, man, I'm being an asshole. And some childish shit. And I was thinking I should edit it out, but ah, fucking leave it in. I'm gonna be an asshole. I'm gonna at least be an asshole, but... Just thought I should mention that at the end here. That somehow was all good. Somehow it all worked out. Gotta get that shit out. Just gotta expel that shit. I also figured out what makes rap music sound good. Being drunk 